All right, welcome back to the Blue Brother Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. Brandon, I hope you are enjoying this wonderful white November that we get to enjoy already. Ugh. Dude, it's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I said a while ago, before fall even started, I was like, you know, we're going to get like two weeks of fall and then it's going to go right to winter because that's what it always does. Well, I think it's your fault. Well, it's just like the beginning of fall was spring because all it did was rain. Then we got like two weeks where it wasn't raining and it was, you know, like in the high fifties and then all of a sudden, boom, we get snow and they're like, Oh, it's going to be one to three inches. Well, there's like five inches outside. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you got hit worse than I did. We didn't get too bad, but it did get pretty nasty the other day. So I, yeah, uh, I just this this time of year is I, I'm, uh, uh, my work is affected by things differently, not necessarily the weather, but just this time of year. So I don't really enjoy anything until, um, until like holiday break time period because work is just blah the weather is blah so yeah it just puts me in that cheerful spirit so but uh speaking of wonderfully cheerful spirits we will be able to get the opportunity to uh talk about how the weekend went with sports but we do have our beginning segments first one being All right, so rock moment of the week. I think I kind of maybe missed this for last week because it was in. Um. Oh wait, no, no, it's this one. I'm sorry. I I, I always I'm getting messed up because now there's the college football playoff poll. Mm-hmm. It's it's messing me up. But uh, this week's rock moment of the week is actually for the Big Ten in general. Um, I do not have anything to support this on how many times it's happened or with how many conferences, blah, blah, blah. But um, in this week's AP poll, half of the Big Ten is in the top 25. And oh, yeah. I have to imagine that that is at least a first time for since there have been 14 teams in the uh, in the Big Ten, but it may be a first time ever, maybe question mark since the AP poll. But yes, Indiana snuck in at 24. I was at 23. Then Wisconsin's 15. Michigan is 14. Penn State nine. Minnesota seven, and uh, Ohio State at two. So again, that's the AP poll. We're not talking about the college football player poll. That's the AP poll. So I was just um, surprised by that when I saw Indiana sneak in. I was just like, whoa, how many are there then? So I counted it out. So yeah, seven of the 14 Big Ten teams in the top 25. So yeah. And one of them isn't Michigan State, so that's even better. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't even uh, think about putting a plug in for that, but yes. And who would have thought that Minnesota would be a top 10 team? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just crazy to think about. I'm sure we'll discuss it at some point, um, but no need to go into depth on that. But were I forgot to ask you, were you ready for yours? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay, all right, forgot to double check, but we will jump into Garbage Day! Garbage Play of the Week brought to you by yours truly, Brandon. What you got? Well, speaking of Michigan State, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I pretty much had to mention this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Michigan State blew a 28-3 to lead and loss to Illinois on Saturday. And that is the garbage play. That was um, pretty... I, I didn't wa- I watch part of that game, not very much, but I watched the, um, I don't know, the segment they put together of that comeback, and it was just like, Man, that was a meltdown. <laughs> See, I didn't watch most of the game. Um, my wife and I were out to eat, and I, I glanced over at a TV, and I saw it was 28-3, to 3, and I laughed. I'm like, well, I picked Illinois, so I guess I'm an idiot. <laughs> and we went to a couple other places, and we went to go um, pick up our daughter from her parents' house. And her dad is a Michigan State fan, and he told me is like yeah they totally blew it and lost that game (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't believe that yeah i i can't remember how much and what part i watched saturday was a weird day for me um yeah so i i totally missed the uh the fact that was such a huge comeback until later on and i watched and i was just like man that was i mean illinois kudos to illinois because they pulled it together but man yeah that was ouch so that is quite worthy of the garbage play of the week so oh yeah but if you want to talk about garbage game of the week uh we might have that coming up here (laughs) talking about your favorite detroit lions coming up All right, football. Not so pretty football. But uh, so I know I say that it was kind of ugly, but uh, I mean, considering when you don't have your best player on the field, it's kind of what you expect. But uh, Brandon, since this is your field of expertise and being a uh, lifelong Lions fan, I will let you get the conversation rolling. Yeah, lifelong idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, really not too much to say, I guess. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Stafford was unable to play. Uh, he was diagnosed with uh, fractures in his back. He was willing to play. Uh, doctors were not clearing him to play. So, you know, their hands are kind of tied there. Uh, it was his first time he's missed a start, and I believe it was like 137 games. 
something like that. Crazy. Uh, so, you know, Jeff Driscoll got the nod. Uh, his first start for the Lions is his first action, even like a down as a Lion. Um, oh, you know, all in all, he played fairly well. Uh, he had a couple passes that were pretty impressive. Uh, what impressed me with him was his mobility. I didn't realize he was that fast. Like, I knew he, you know, he could scramble around a little bit better than Stafford, but uh, his speed was was pretty impressive. Uh, they actually said during the game that at the combine he ran a four five eight, mm. which is pretty quick for a quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean there wasn't really too much to talk about. It was a boring game, especially the first half. Um, I watched it with my dad, and I jokingly said, "You know, this is going to be like one of those Lions Bears games from the early two thousands, where you know it ends up like." 12 to nine and it's just a bunch of field goals. <laughs> uh, it was kind of looking that way in the first half. Um, you know, the, the lions defense really didn't play all that bad. Uh, you know, it's kind of the tale of the two halves for the, the bears. The first half, they couldn't get anything going. You know, Trubisky looked terrible, um, but it wasn't until the second half that they were finally able to turn it on. Uh, Trubisky was making some pretty great passes out there. Um, I don't know if he just like heated up and got like in the zone. Um, there was a few passes that he had that were big plays, including one touchdown that was just like perfect ball placement. There was really nothing that the defensive back could do. Uh, they had like great coverage on the guy. It just Trubisky threw the guy open. Um, I mean, on the Lions' offensive side of the ball, there wasn't really much to talk about. Uh, couldn't run. Again, not surprised. Say what? Uh, yeah, Ty Johnson went down with an apparent concussion. Uh, so, you know, he's probably the Lions' best running back at the moment. And, I mean, he's a rookie, and he's a late-round rookie. So that's really telling you what the Lions have for options. Um, yeah, Driscoll, he ended up leading the team in rushing, and he only had, like, 30-some yards. Ugh. Um, as far as passing, you know, Marvin Jones, he played pretty well. He had 77 yards. Uh, Kenny Galladay had the lone touchdown for the Lions. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson, he had a nice, you know, catch behind the line of scrimmage and run after that, end up getting a first down. Uh, he showed some nice moves on that play. Um, and some toughness because he took a big shot at the end of it. Um, you know, able to get back up and get back into it, no problem. Um, I mean, the Lions finally got, like, a little bit of pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, Trey Flowers, um, Devon Wilson, and Devin Kennard, and, and Mike Daniels all had a sack. So, you know, it's probably the best the Lions pass rush has looked probably all season. Um. But, you know, in the end, I, I totally called this game last week. Uh, you know, I mentioned how the Bears' offense has been struggling. You know, they lost four straight games. And how Mitchell Trubisky was, was playing terribly this year. Uh, you know, all of a sudden in the second half, the Bears' offense kind of came alive. They were able to move the ball. You know, and Trubisky was throwing some great passes out there. So, you know, it was just one of those things that, you know, you hate to be – to be negative in your thoughts with the Lions, but 
you know, when you've grown up watching them and watching them for so many years, it's it's just one of those games where it's like, I just knew that the Bears were going to play well. You know, they played a crap all season, and I just knew th- this was going to be the game where their offense came alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, with the score, too, I mean, we'll get into that. Uh, the final score of the game was uh, twenty to thirteen, Bears, uh, which was actually really close to my projection. But I'm sure we'll get into that at another time. Yeah, you did get pretty close with that. Uh, um, is there anything you want to add about the game? Well, honestly, it was kind of interesting. So obviously, Driscoll is not Stafford, um, but. Overall, it was still a very, you know, typical Lions game, you know, mm-hmm. going down the field, kicking field goals, keeping the game close and then coming down to the end of the game where you don't have just one, but two opportunities to try to tie the game into overtime and both of them end in failure. So I was just kind of like... <laughs> Honestly, like if you didn't tell me that Driscoll was in playing quarterback, I would have been like, "Oh, seems like your typical Lions game." <laughs> uh, I mean, just yeah. as you, just as you yeah. said, though they uh, they didn't rush again either. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, week in and week out, it's kind of like the same thing where it's always a close game. Yeah, and I have to mention too, um, you know, in the, the last couple drives, uh, you know, Driscoll is doing everything he could. Mm-hmm. Galladay dropped two passes. Yeah. Like, I can't even remember Kenny Galladay dropping a pass once in his entire career. And he dropped two at the end of the game. Uh, Danny, Danny Amendola also had a drop, which never happens. I mean, the guy catches everything. Uh, yeah, very costly drops for the Lions. Um, and, man, the Galladay ones, they just surprised me because he catches everything. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wholeheartedly believe, like, if Stafford was playing in this game, the Lions would have won. Yeah, I think so too. And that's, and so that's not to say again, like, Driscoll isn't Stafford and all that thing. But yeah, it was. Um, but uh, to go back to what you were saying way before, though, yeah, Driscoll. I was surprised at Driscoll's speed and mobility. Um, and as you were saying too, with his first game playing as a Lion, I mean, it's not surprising. This it makes me think of and reminds me a lot of usually what happens with Michigan football, where it's just like, yeah, well, you don't put teams away. So what do you expect? You never get to put your backup in. So they're mm-hmm. never experienced. So then they go out there and then it's, you know, fresh meat and they get knocked around and it doesn't turn out well. So yeah, it was, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I do agree that uh, Stafford could have, would have made a difference and I mean, maybe that's just kind of the because um, not every quarterback passes the ball the same. So maybe that was enough of a difference that Driscoll's passing that messed up uh, Galladay and threw him off for the day. Yeah, that's the only thing I can really think of. Um, you know, like we talked about Driscoll being mobile, and you know, he had some runs too where he got key first downs. And you know, I'm not sure Stafford would have been able to do that. You know, he might have been able to do it with his arm because he has a stronger arm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, you know, he has the relationship with the receivers where, you know, they can kind of know what the, each other's doing. But, you know, as, as far as the, the plays made with his feet, 
Um, you know, that's something that, that Driscoll brings to the game that Stafford just doesn't have. Yeah. And uh, Driscoll also does something that Stafford doesn't, and he catches his own passes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that guy, he impressed me uh, with that especially. He um, caught it, and he got a six-yard gain. That's what was the yeah. stupid part. <laughs> That's what my dad just laughed and he's like, that's totally something Brett Favre would have done. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, yeah, but Brett Favre was so lucky. He probably would have ran all the way for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, I don't know. I mean, brace yourselves, Lions fans. I think this is going to be kind of the normal. Uh, I don't, I really, uh, I mean, since it's part of the conversation with this game, do you think Safford will play much throughout the rest of the season? Or uh, Do I think he'll play? Yes. Should he play? No. Um, you know, if I'm the Lions, I'm making a decision like, hey, we're paying this guy $27 million a year to play quarterback. Um, you know, you got to protect a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he's tough. Like Stafford's one of the toughest quarterbacks, one of the toughest players in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that he goes out there for 137 straight games with injuries every single year, it seems like, and, um, you know, still plays, still takes big hits and everything. You know, that really says something for his toughness and his character. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you got to, like, protect a guy from himself. You know, with having fractures in his back and doctors not clearing him to play last week, I have a hard time believing he's going to be ready to go against the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. No, I, I if if he plays against the Cowboys, I think that'll be just stupid. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's far enough gone now that, you know, essentially they've lost five and a half games. They're basically going to have to win out if they have even a chance of making the playoffs. And ahead of them, you know, in a division, they have the Vikings and the Packers. And now the Bears. Yeah, well, you know, the, the Packers are 8-2, and two, the Vikings are 7-3. and three. Um, You know, so they'd be looking for a wild card spot. Um, and, you know, like the Vikings, you know, if the Packers win the division, the Vikings are probably going to get one of those wild card spots. Yeah. So, you know, the Lions are either looking for the other one, which, I mean, they're going to have to compete with, what, the three other divisions? Mm-hmm. Or two other divisions, I guess, for their runner-up. And, you know, one of those runners-up is going to be, you know, either the 49ers or the Seahawks. Yeah, not so, going to happen. You know, <laughs> yeah, those are, like, two of the best teams in the NFC. So... You know, I just don't see it happening, and I feel like, you know, you got to probably put Stafford on IR. Mm-hmm. Let him get healthy so he doesn't end up like Tony Romo did. You know, because Tony Romo had back uh, fractures, too. And ultimately, yeah. ultimately, that's why he had to retire. Mm-hmm. I think I think that would be best. I mean, just take take the L, you know, please try to be smart and do something good with the draft then next year. <laughs> you know, right. so I mean, it because yeah, there's no point. I, I don't see him coming back for this weekend. It's probably going to be a loss for the Lions this weekend. Then uh, it's just going to put them further behind. So just get Driscoll some 
key playing time so that he can maybe be a and not saying he wasn't capable this weekend, but maybe make him more capable, you know, more familiar with the team, the offense and things like that. So that if Stafford goes down in a game, he can step in and actually, you know, maybe finish out the game and help them win instead of having this awkward point where it's just like, oh, hey, maybe we'll win the game. Go out, <laughs> just go out and have fun. Yeah, and I mean, I'll I'll give Driscoll credit that he kept the game close enough that we were in the situation where we could have like won or tied the game because, you know, he didn't really have much time to prepare this week. You know, Stafford's injury kind of showed up later in the week. Um, so, you know, Driscoll only had a couple days of practice with the first team offense. And the fact that he was able to keep the game close enough against one of the best defenses in the league, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's something to be said for that too. And what was it like? Wasn't he one of the last people to know that he was starting? Yeah, I believe so. Oh my gosh, just yeah, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Same old lines. Yep. So, yeah. Well, as you said, the final was twenty thirteen. Uh, let's look at some of the things we got here. Um, we both had the lines losing. You had twenty seventeen. I had twenty four to seventeen. Uh, not covering, we uh, all got those correct. I did still take a college game with <laughs> Michigan State not covering the 14.5 against Illinois. <laughs> um, you knocked it out of the park as well with the Ravens covering the negative uh, 10 points against the Bengals. Your question of the week was, will Khalil Mack have more than one sack against the Lions? You said yes, I said no, and he had nothing. Yeah, I was surprised. (laughs) Yeah. He looked kind of off. I don't know what's wrong with him, but, uh, you know, the Lions offensive line did a fairly good job of containing him. Yeah. And there was a couple times, Crosby especially, I saw him like completely block Mac into the ground, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Like there was a part where he got his arms up under his shoulder pads and he just like lifted them off the ground and onto his back. Maybe too many Coney dogs before the game. <laughs> Maybe. So, yeah, those were the uh, results. Uh, anything else, sir? Um, one thing about Khalil Mack, I don't know if you saw it on, it was going around on Twitter, but, uh, you know, he's in the running for biggest douchebag of the year. Um, oh, so on Halloween, on Halloween, he paid a guy, like a security guard, to stand in front of the gate at his house until passing trick-or-treaters that he wasn't handing out candy. Hmm. Yeah, so a guy that makes like millions, like multiple millions a year, he's got like one of the biggest contracts in the NFL he pays the security guard to stand out and say he's not going to give out candy. And he, I understand maybe having a security guard with all those people walking around, but like, come on, dude, like how much does it cost to buy a few bags of candy to hand out to kids walking by? Yeah. And I'd be <laughs> and like, security guard, hand them out and just be like, here you go. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> That's odd. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> That's like, definitely. Definitely into running for biggest douche of the year. <laughs> that he's like dissing on your favorite holiday of the year, man. <laughs> so that's like a double whammy. Uh, 
I'm not sure if Halloween's my favorite holiday. I'm not sure if I really have a favorite holiday. Maybe Christmas. I do like Christmas, but I like Christmas after Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm not one of those weirdos that celebrates on November 1st. Exactly. Best day to put up your Christmas tree is Black Friday. <laughs> yep. That's usually when I put up my, my lights, too. Right around nice. there. Um, yeah, I feel like we need to have a, like, our end of the year show. We need to, you know, release the nominees for biggest douche of the year. <laughs> Nice. I have, like a vo- have a vote for everybody and give out an award. <laughs> make a make a plaque with the poop emoji. <laughs> I like it. Biggest douche of the year. Yeah. Uh, one year, Craig and I did um, awards for stuff like best play of the season and things like that. So I'm I'm down for a douche of the year award. All right. Because they got, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Solid Verbal, a big sports podcast out there, but they have the uh, the Peisman Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I've heard of it. I feel like we could get some trashman, uh, traction with the uh, Douchebag Award. Oh, yeah, for maybe, sure. I feel like I mean, that'd be open for some funny discussion. Maybe that's what's going to put us on the map. <laughs> the douche of the year. <laughs> Nice. So, all right, you good or anything else with the lines? No, I think I'm good. All right, we are going to skip over real quick, and we're going to have a short conversation, even though they didn't play this weekend, but there is some I want to bring up for Michigan football. So Michigan won this weekend because they didn't lose. <laughs> so congratulations. Um, but uh, there was, I made a comment about the Minnesota game, the fact that they had a receiver at the end of the third quarter who had over 200 yards already in the game. Yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of conversation with some people that went around it, but it actually got me thinking about, how many teams in the Big Ten have had games with players that had more than 100 yards receiving? So I learned something. I learned that Michigan is not the only team to not have a player break 100 yards receiving this year. There are a total of three. So Michigan being one of them, there are two left. So we are going to have trivia. Brandon, are you ready? Oh man, ready as I'm ever going to be. If you fail this, you are going to be kicked off the show. (laughs) Um, So my question to you then is, who are the two other teams that do not have a single player to break 100 yards receiving this year? Uh, um, how many chances do I get? Uh, how many strikes do I get? I'll give you. Hold on, wait a minute. Just say one. 
This is just Big Ten, obviously. Um, yeah, just say one, two, three, four, five. Uh, I have one more thing to check out because I forgot there was a team in the Big Ten. <laughs> oh, man. Can you guess which team I forgot? Mm, Nebraska? Uh, no, it's the butt crack of the conference. Yes, it is. It was Rutgers. So uh, let's see. Uh, two, I will give you four guesses, but hold on. Let me check. Uh, let me check Rutgers to make sure that. Uh, okay. Well, you get a little bit of a, a little bit of a cheat here because one of them is not Rutgers because, yes, there are still only three teams. Yeah, I, I remember checking the um, stats of Rutgers before we played them and saw that they had a guy to go over 100. Um, my guess is. Northwestern. Oh, where's it? I wasn't ready. <laughs> there we go. All right. Yes, yeah, I was just thinking Northwestern because, um, you know, they like to run the ball and they just haven't been very good this year. Yeah. Uh, man, the other one. Uh, if you get it on the first try, I will be pretty surprised. Um, so what you have, I get said four tries. You've got four tries. So you've got one. Yeah. So you've got three more. Hmm. And we're not counting Michigan. Yeah. So we're not counting Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously Michigan. Oh man. Dude, you brought some hard, heavy questions here. Oh, no. Um, Illinois? Mm. Oh, man. Not Illinois. Illinois has had two games with at least one receiver breaking 100 yards. My gosh. So you have two more guesses. Purdue. No, Purdue has actually six games. Oh my gosh! I know. Right? I guess they are kind of a offensively heavy team. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I guess I get one more guess here. Is it? Indiana. Um, one, uh, one I was a little surprised that you didn't go to was, um, Wisconsin. See, I thought Wisconsin, but I swear that like they had a game where a guy went over a hundred, but I guess not. Yes, they had one. one. That that was where I thought you were going to go, but here comes the craziest thing that you will probably hear today. Ohio state, Ohio state. Yeah, I mean they like to spread the ball around. So, yeah, I mean part of it makes yeah, sense. It's not that crazy. Yeah, yeah it, it's not insane. But when you look at them being, you know, nine and zero, and putting how many points that they have up, and how many yards and everything like that, you it's surprising that they have not had it happen one time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I will go through this. Um, oops, I hit the wrong one. Uh, here pretty quickly. 
one because I want to see they have they got pretty I mean they've gotten close kind of like Michigan has they had uh one receiver got 93 yards against uh Wisconsin but that's that's the highest that they've gotten anyway so here's the list so at the top of the list is Minnesota out of their nine games seven of those games they have at least had one receiver break 100 yards Uh, Purdue had six. Penn State has had five. Indiana has had five games. Nebraska has had four. Michigan State and Iowa both had three. Maryland, Illinois, and Rutgers had two. North, uh, sorry, Wisconsin had one. And then Northwestern, Ohio State, and Michigan have had zero. And in the conversation that somebody was uh, trying to have with me, but I kind of ignored because, anyways, um, they were saying that Minnesota has been recruiting for their spread offense. So, of course, they have somebody break 200 yards. And I'm just like, I don't care what offense you put on the field. If you have receivers like Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Tariq Black, I'm pretty sure they're capable of breaking 100 yards in any offense that you put on the field. Yeah. Yeah. That's very much true. Yeah. So don't give me this like new offense or spread offense (laughs) or whatever. They know how to run routes and they know how to be, be be capable. So yes, I know it's more than just a simple coaching decision and things like that, but there is no reason that they couldn't put up a hundred yards. Other mm-hmm. than, you know, not utilizing them to their full potential. Anyways, so that was that was the fun, interesting thing I found about Michigan this or well, the Big Ten and Michigan this week. So there you go. Rock. You didn't think we were gonna be talking about Michigan after a bye week, did ya? <laughs> did ya? <sighs> So, but we will uh, talk more about them because we've got uh, our preview episode coming up later this week. So we hope you guys come back and join us for that. Brandon, anything else? I, I think we're good. No, I think I'm good to go. All right. I'm Caleb. That guy's Brandon. We're done here. We hope you guys stay warm. Have a good week. Uh, we'll catch you later on this week. And until then, go blue. Go blue.